welcome back to the Adelan Rising podcast, where we continue our Inhumans retrospective of the last decade. Uh, we're your hosts, Lynn, Saren, and Adam. Uh, today, we are going to start with uh, Civil War Two, the infamous Civil War Two. I don't know. <laughs> uh, writer Brian Michael Bendis, artist the amazing David Marquez, colorist uh, the amazing Justin Ponzer, and letterer Clayton Cowles. Uh, synopsis is another hero versus hero story. A young and human named Ulysses requires the or acquires rather the ability to predict the future, and the heroes of the Marvel universe take sides regarding whether or not to use his power to intervene before crimes or disasters occur. It's basically Minority Report in the uh, in the Marvel universe. Yes. yes. Um, we had some major deaths here, the death of Rhodey, um, the death of Bruce Banner, which led to the Immortal Hulk. Um, He-Hulk is gravely injured, leading to the gray He-Hulk story, which is also excellent. Um, and Tony Stark is put into a coma by Carol. Um, yep. Captain Marvel and the Inhumans come off looking like jerks, um, even though it turns out that Ulysses was always right. Uh, what is shown is him making a mistake in Civil War Two. Is uh, as him making a mistake in Civil War Two is revealed to have been um, correct in Jessica Jones. The woman with the briefcase case really was up to something nefarious. Of course, Tony comes off as a jerk too. He kidnaps Ulysses and tortures him. Um, Triton also teams up with Maximus because he doesn't agree with messing with Tony Stark to get back at them or him rather. Um, oh. He, he did agree with just messing with him. He wanted to be a lot more aggressive. Yeah. Right. Um, it's unusual for Triton. Yeah, it is. Seems a little OOC. He's usually the nice one. Yeah. Uh, Dave Marquez and Justin Ponzer are a dream team and um, draw beautiful people. I don't think Dave Marquez, I agree, can, he can't draw anyone ugly if he wanted to. Um Ulysses becomes a new cosmic being, which seems kind of like a cop-out to me, if you want my honest opinion. Um, and multiple visions of the future, some of which have not come to pass. Uh, notable, uh, of note is uh, Medusa in a battle with Killraven Kill against the War of the World aliens, or 960 or 691. Um, is this a hint as to where the Inhumans have gone, or has this been forgotten? I'm voting forgotten. Yeah, I'm gonna say forgot. Although, just I think a little segue. It's all just random. Yeah. Wait, just a just a little segue. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the um, the War of the Worlds adaptation by the BBC and some Canadian company. No. I don't think we've got it yet. It was bad. Canada. Okay, good it. to know. Okay, yeah, good to know. But that, yeah. I just thought I'd mention that because War of the Worlds is such a great story. Okay, good to know. Um. Yeah, wasn't a fan of Civil War Two, although um, some of the tie-ins are pretty excellent. But yeah, not a fan. It did. It did so. Like in in Civil War the original, it painted Tony Stark as a bit of a wow, a massive dick. Um, and then in this one, it it still painted. I mean, it painted basically everybody involved as a massive dick. Um, if you were just reading the Civil War Two story, you'd be like. Hey, Carol's been a dick. Hey, Tony's been a dick. Hey, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, you've got to read all the tie-ins to be able to really understand the right. motives. And that, I feel like, like, if you look at War of the Realms, I thought that was a beautifully done event because you didn't have to read the tie-ins. They were just kind of 
you know, therapy. They, they, they were literally to. They, they were, added to it, but they they weren't required. Yeah, they were literally supplementary. Yeah, it's it's kind of yeah. Slon, but, if you didn't read the tie-ins, you didn't know what the hell was going on, and you were lost in the dark, and that's why it was so frustrating because not everyone can afford every tie-in, and there are a million of them. It's very frustrating. I think I thought the um that Tony being put into a coma was quite interesting because uh, that basically sets up. Tony's story from then until basically now, um, because it's kind of you. you uh, um, what's his name? Um, Dan Slot has been writing Iron Man just recently, and he basically has to come to terms with the fact that he is basically a copy of his original self. Uh, spoiler alert, by the way. Um, and it's kind of uh, it, it's kind of that's a really interesting read, and it kind of stems from this book. Civil War Two had a tie-in. With an Inhumans title, I think three issues of Ulysses. Uh, writer was Al Ewing. Layouts by Carl Kessel. The artist was Hefte Paolo. Colorist Nick Filardi. And lettering by Clayton Cowles. This takes place before Civil War II. Medusa takes Ulysses to the Tower of Wisdom for some unorthodox training in the use of his Inhuman powers from Magister Karnak. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start with, if you get this digitally it's going to be an infinite comic i recommend getting a trade paperback or you know the, the floppies because yeah infinite, infinite comics, comics are the worst and it's just one panel at a time and i just and it it's slow and it's awkward it, it's it's like they try to do like a like a cinematic sort of thing and it works with some yeah. things, but then it just doesn't work with other things. And I just, it, yeah. It, it, it was like, this was for people who complain that comics are hard to follow and hard to read, which I can understand to an extent. And it might help people who do have difficulty following each panel and where to go on the page. But not I like found, this. I found it frustrating. Myself. It is very frustrating. But in this one, we actually get to see inside the Tower of Wisdom. Yeah. And the residents of the tower are wonderful and gross. <laughs> I I love Karnak as the protector of the weirdos, and I would I would have loved to have seen more of that. And it's yeah. he's a, he's a strangely good choice because the cranky little nihilist doesn't care if you're ugly because everything's flawed and ugly, and he's not about to let Ulysses get away with saying anything nasty about them. And and they are gross. Yeah. We have, um, Oh, this is, I thought that was um, in Karnak, but it's not. It's, he's the mouth guy. Uh, it's, there's. It's in this one, isn't he? Tongue. Yeah. Uh, it's like a, kind of like a Demogorgon from Stranger Things, except this huge tongue with a mouth at the end comes out. And she's the chef. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she has no, all, no more, no more ears, no more eyes, no nose. It's just, she's just one big mouth with a but six foot long tongue. Yeah. And then there was, oh, his name Locke. Yeah. The doorman. Yeah, he was creepy. He, he was a creepy little guy with a, he has like a really long finger and a hole in the other hand. And it, if he concentrates on a door, he can keep it locked by entwining his hands. Yeah, he was weird. And we uh, can see that Karnak's sort of a break him down, uh, build him back up type of mentor. Ulysses. Put it nicely. Ulysses doesn't have a very fun time in the, the beginning. No. Getting basically thrown in a dungeon, having a bucket dumped on him of we, we're not quite sure what. Because <laughs> all buckets are the same. My categories would do. Um, uh, 
Karnak uh, flashing his shield badge. Yep. That was great. <laughs> I don't think they let him keep the badge so much as that he just kept it. <laughs> I don't, you don't let. <laughs> he just does. And, you know, taking into consideration the end of Civil War too, maybe Karnak trained Ulysses a little too well. <laughs> yeah. To say the least. Uh, this was fun. Al writes a, a good Karnak. He does. Oh, I forgot it was Al Ewing. Yeah, yeah. He said that, and I'm just like, yeah. Well, Al just, I will read anything Al Ewing writes. But Karnak is kind of a character I think that Al Ewing enjoys writing anyway. Surprised Karnak hasn't shown up in Mortal Hulk yet. Also, remind me, um, next time a creator is there for one day, as in for uh, a con for one day, make sure you tell me to go on that one day. Because Al Ewing was at uh, MCM in October on the Saturday. I decided to go just on the Sunday and I completely missed him. That's a bummer. Yeah, that's okay. Was. You have a second chance because he'll be at C2E2. Yeah. Is he, and he's tabling, right? He's in Art yeah. Valley. Oh, yeah. he's fun. Our, um, first of all, Al Ewing is very tall. And the first time I met Al Ewing was at NYCC, my first NYCC. And I was getting coffee. And he was behind me in line, and I, I I didn't really didn't really register. I ordered my coffee, and then he ordered his coffee, and I heard this British accent, and I turned around, and I went, "Holy shit, you're Al Ewing!" And he went, "I am." And I said, "You're." And I I, I didn't say you're very tall, but I, I wanted to. But instead, what I said was, "I love the Ultimates," and then I ran away. <laughs> so that was how I met Al Ewing. I think I've told that story a lot before, but you know, it's always fun. <clears throat> And he, he was fun to have on the show, too. He's he's a good one. Yeah. So, next book, or next two books, because they're kind of very intimate. Uh, <sighs> okay. Let's get we're it gonna, over with. We're going to try and like, get it through it as quickly as off, possible. Adam. So, Death of X and IVX, were, which were pretty much consecutive books. Um, Death of X was written by Jeff Lemire and Charles Soule. Artist was Aaron Kuda, Javier. Garon, uh, Incas were Ooh, Jay Lyston, Cam Smith, Scott Hanna, and Javier Garon. Uh, colorist was um, Maury Hollowell, J. David Ramos, and a bunch of other guest colorists. And lettering was Joe Sabino. Death of X is mostly focused on the Terrigen Cloud that's proved fatal for mutants, uh, resulting in the death of Jamie Madrox, Alchemy, and Scott Summers. So let me just preface the preface, whatever you, however you say it. Just this bit it's not going to be hugely positive it wasn't a very good in my opinion it wasn't a very good series um it was nicely written but it was just it just put the inhumans in such a crappy light that yeah i don't like it um yeah. so so it features kind of alchemy um who was uh who made his first and only ever appearance in excalibur uh he was quite a, an odd well i say he wasn't he wasn't that odd to bring back um and it was kind of the X-Men's attempt at destroying a Terrigen Cloud, uh, which is it's kind of like originally after Secret Wars, there was, you know, originally there was supposed to be two, but then you have that kind of that eight-month time jump and all that sort of stuff, and it was kind of weird stuff happened in between, and this is kind of one of those stories. Um, and then right at the end of the book, uh, it's revealed that Scott's death uh, wasn't because of Black Bolt as uh, Emma Frost Seemingly managed to persuade the entire world to think, uh, because it was filmed, uh, but he actually died of Terrigen poisoning well before the events of the series. And actually, I think it was at the end of, or start of issue two that he actually died. And, uh, yeah. Guys, what do you think of that one? I didn't like it. Uh, no. No. Because here's the whole thing. 
Well, no. Get to IVX and then I'll say what I want to say. Okay, yeah, so, so let's cover IVX as well, which is which pretty much released straight after Death of X. Um, it, it, it felt like a disaster of an editorial mandate. It was... Uh, sorry, let me go for the writers. The writer was Charles Soule and Jeff Lemire again. Artists were Kenneth Rockefeller, uh, Lionel Francis Yu, Javier Garon. Um, Inkers was uh, Jerry Alanguillan. Uh, colorist was Dan Brown, David Curiel, Andrew Mosser, J. David Ramos. Lettering was Clayton Cowles. Um, so the M- uh, X-Men effectively tried to ambush the Inhumans and attempt to destroy the Terrigen Cloud, uh, which has been poisoning the mutants around the globe. A uh, big part of the all new, all different Marvel was that all the mutants were suffering at the hands of the Terrigen Cloud, blah, blah, blah. Um, hate on Inhumans, blah, 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 whatever. But <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm only going to say this, and I just feel like the you have... Going back to all new Inhumans, you have Crystal flying around the globe trying to help the mutants. And even in the IVX tie-in issues to this event, they're, the Inhumans, it's like it's all in the X-Men books that the Inhumans are being painted as the bad guys. Whereas yep. in the Inhuman books, they're like, we need to find another source of Terrigen if they're going to destroy this cloud. So, yeah, I hate yeah. it. I think um, I think the whole thing about oh yeah it's going to be it's going to disperse into the atmosphere in however many days and and that kind of thing is it's a little bit telling that on one side of it you've got uh, Beast and the Inhumans trying to trying to effectively get rid of it and then you've got the X Men also trying to get rid of it but in the most hostile way possible um, yeah it's just it's just another hero versus hero story and it's just like it's but oh, this one getting old it was getting old and then the way the fandom reacted. Uh, specifically uh, one part of the two fandoms, which is why I'm not reading X-Men books. Um, yeah. So. So this, the, uh, fun, funny enough though, uh, you, you say that this was why you're not reading X-Men books. Well, not this. It was before I, that, but yeah. I, mean, I, I didn't read X-Men books basically straight after this. Uh, I read everything up to the IVX kind of tie-ins and then I was like, no, no, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Even though the books that came after were quite good, especially the Cullen Bunn books in uh, X-Men Blue, they were very, very good. But yeah, it kind of just really put me off and I was just fed up with the whole Inhumans versus X-Men rhetoric on the internet. It was just kind of like, I'm done. So, yeah. Which is kind of sad. Yeah. And it's, it's just comics behave yourselves, people. I know. Yeah. You I know? know. But, but it's, it's kind of, it, it Yeah. It just it, the whole the whole thing. It was it's stupid on Marvel's part. They knew they knew there was already tension between the two fandoms because look at going back again to the hate that Doc got and what people said to James Asmus and Charles Soule during their series. You know, I hope your, yeah, I hope your book gets canceled. Like, really, guys, really. Just it, it just pissed me off, and I was just like, no, that's not what you do. You're allowed to be frustrated. I certainly know being frustrated that the characters you like aren't getting the limelight that you feel they should deserve, but I would never, ever wish someone to hurt themselves or for their book to be canceled or anything like that. Certainly you have but, a right to be frustrated, but not to behave like an asshole. I was going to say, effectively, but... Effectively, it's a, a loss of income for the, for the, the artist and the, and the writer. Right. You know, it may not be their only source of income, but it is a lot loss of an income stream for them. So, uh. but then again, you, you, you often tell people, you know, talk with your wallets. Don't. Right. 
you know, that's that's the best way to put it. Talk with your wallets. If you don't like something, don't read it. Um, and that's that's what they did because none of no one bought any Inhumans books, which is why a lot of them, which is why all new Inhumans tanked really because no one bought it. But also, when you looked at the review, when you look at the reviews for like all new Inhumans and Uncanny Inhumans, you have people reviewing the book, and you clearly saw that they're just spite reviewing it. They didn't read it. They're just saying it's shitty because they're unhappy that the X-Men aren't getting books. Well, and the ironic thing at this time is the X-Men were getting a lot of books. Yeah. Like you, you they had... always outnumbered the Inhumans. Yeah, I think the Inhumans at one point just had Uncanny Inhumans. Um, and then the X-Men had Extraordinary X-Men. It had uh, Uncanny X-Men, I think, at the same time. But and that it also wasn't had, enough, clearly. And it had All New X-Men. And Wolverine probably had a title at that point. I think, no, I think it was all new Wolverine at that point. Um, you know, I could list them all because there was a huge X-Men push at that point. Right. But so, that wasn't enough, apparently. And, you know, the Inhumans, uh, I could go on and on. But I was just mad. Yeah, I think we all were. Yeah. But anyway, moving along. Um, oh, there was, well, I do want to point out that, you know, we really see how strong Medusa's hair really is because she breaks off a piece of Diamond Emma. I thought that was yeah. kind of badass. Yeah. I think she kept it as a souvenir. I know I would have. But I'll tell you, one of my, one of my actual favorite bits from that story, um, just to be, just to be somewhat, you know, somewhat con- uh, constructive, was Dazzler v. Black Bolt. I mean, it's totally not how Black Bolt's power works, but I mean, you know, it was quite a good scene where she just absorbed well, all she's, of the sound. Uh, she's she's done that before, before in the Dazzler comic. Yeah, because her, they actually did a team up where she's like the only one that can withstand Black Bolt. So she could, she stood in front of him, absorbed all his power, and then amplified it back at a villain. I think it was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, and she did the same to him in this book, and I thought that was really good. I like that. Yeah. So, in some ways, Dazzler's the strongest. Um, yeah, and then uh, the cloud does get destroyed at the end um, by Medusa. Yep. And help for uh, Moon Girl. Yes, because Moon Girl's awesome. Yeah, and that that was pretty much the last um, the last big appearance of Forge between then and I think between House of X actually. And it should be pointed out that at this point now, Inhumans are an endangered species. They cannot make more Inhumans. Yeah, yeah, and then <clears throat> I think IVX was kind of like the you know it was kind of like the bookend of what was the Inhumans push at that point, and then we had kind of like the 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 Al Ewing. Inhumans, Royals book after that, and Secret Warriors and, and that kind of stuff. I think this really put the bookend on it. Yeah. So just had some loose ends to tie up. Um, yeah. And speaking of loose ends, what did we have next? Monsters Unleash from 2017. Uh, the writer was Cullen Bunn. Artists, there are different artists on every issue. We had Steve McNiven, Greg Land, oh, Neil Francis Yu. Salvador LaRocca and Adam Kubert. Colorist David Curiel and Michael Garland. Lettering by Travis Lanham. So an invasion of monsters is headed towards Earth, and our only hope is a little inhuman boy foretold in a prophecy. I actually really like Kid Kaiju's powers. I think they're pretty cool. So yeah, this one revisits the concept that inhumans are made for a specific purpose. So if there's some there's a certain thing that needs to happen, somebody goes through teragenesis, that's the power they get. So this is a 
this incursion of monsters happens every I forget how many years, and there is always an inhuman who's there to fight them. Right. And this time um, it's Kid Kaiju. Is it Moon Girl in this one or is he in the next yes. one? Yeah, this yeah. is where they meet. So Kid Kai- Kaiju's powers are he can draw a monster and summon it. I think that's a pretty cool power to have, just saying. So giant monsters are always fun. Um, it, 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 the continuity was a little felt a little weird because the artist changed every issue. Yeah. Craig was, Land, who gave oh. what idea was that? I'm sorry. Who let him draw children? Who let him draw? Yeah. I just, don't, just, I just I don't, don't. I don't get it. I don't either. Because here's the thing, and here's what I'm thinking. Like, I don't know why he a, still well, draws for Marvel. I don't know. He, I, I don't know. Like, does he pay Marvel to draw? I don't like, know. Yeah. I just. Although, sorry, he, I, I, I think I, if this series had like had like Natasha Bustos drawing it, or Art Adams, in, yeah, he draws monsters. I think in in uh, yeah, Javier well, Rodriguez would have nailed this series. Kind of not not in defense of um, Greg Land, but kind of he has recently toned it down quite a lot, which is is good. Um, yeah, but I still but don't think probably st- because Marvel's like, dude, stop tracing porn. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um. Anyway, Monsters Unleashed 2017 and 2018. Okay, I'll do this one too. It's a continuation of the story. Writers Colin Bunn, artist David Bell. I Bel-Gion. love him. By the way, he drew Gwenpool. Uh, so. Yep, and he drew uh, Domino too, didn't he? Uh, I think so. Uh, Raymond Box, Andrea Bricard- Brocardo, Cardo, Francisco Gaston, Bacan. Alex Arismendi and Alberto Albuquerque. Albuquerque. There, that's that's a lot of a lot of artists for one series. Colorist yeah. Marco Menez and Chris Sotomayor. Lettering Travis Lanham and covers by R.B. Silva and Nolan Woodward. And these are the continuing adventures of Kid Kaiju and his mentor Elsa Bloodstone. <laughs> I'm sorry, just Elsa Bloodstone mentoring kids is funny. Which. Yeah, this is a this is a kid series, which was it's kind of weird because when I see Elsa, I expect every other word to be blacked out. Oh, absolutely! Next wave. <laughs> She's in the new Next Deadpool wave. series by Kelly Thompson, and Kelly Thompson doesn't disappoint. But anyway, yeah, this one it, it was cute. It didn't have the same charm as Moon Girl. Yeah, uh, I, I think I think Cullen Bunn is uh, at this point. He was writing. He'd come off of writing Magneto and writing like Uncanny X Men, which were quite like Magneto centric books, if that makes sense. And it's kind of like he was writing quite dark characters, so it's kind of you know. I think Monsters Unleashed was a big step change for him. Yeah, and it this one ended pretty quickly. Uh, there were lots of loose ends left. Like the little tidbit about his power is that he he doesn't create the monsters; he actually pulls them from other places. So it's like the multiverse, so, multiverse theory. Yeah, so they all have vague memories of their homes and lives before they were taken, which is yeah. very strange. You know, and we really don't get into any of you know. It, it, should he be sending them back? It sounds like that. Um, it sounds like the multiverse theory that 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 when uh, that basically, if you can imagine it, then it exists. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. So these may be inadvertently kidnapped monsters. <laughs> yeah. Poor things. Some of the, some of them are pretty cute though. 
Uh, I just, who decided to let Elsa Bloodstone mentor a kid? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next wave. <laughs> Sorry. Next wave is such, right. If, if you if you want Elsa Bloodstone um, on a book, then she was an A force and she was yeah. hysterical. Yeah, and but then I mean through. that's that is oh. nothing compared to Next Wave. Like that's why Kelly likes her so much. Like Next Wave is is the absolute best uh, writing. Well, it's Warren Ellis, so you know. Yeah. Oh gosh, <laughs> Elsa Bloodstone. And this did also have a guest appearance by Karnak and Lockjaw. Oh, I did not know that. Excellent. Well, Karnak with kids is issue where kidnap kidnaps him to go after a monster on the moon. <laughs> so, um, yet another. Why, who lets him mentor children? <laughs> I should, we, should we move on to the next book? Yes. Yes. So, humans once and future kings, which was 2017. This will be like three years since it came out. How? That's yeah. Sorry, I just miffed by that. Seems like it seems like it only came out recently. I know. It was beautiful though. Yeah, so it was it was written by Christopher Priest, artist was Phil Noto, letterer was Joe Sabino, covers were Nick Bradshaw and Nick Campbell. This this is one that you could have done, um, Saren, because they're easy to uh, I know. easy to pronounce. Uh, um the backup lockjaw stories <laughs> was uh, written by Ryan North and artist was Gustavo Duarte. I um, love the backup lockjaw stories. So so this one was kind of where the Inhumans backstory got adjusted slightly, if I'm right in saying. Um, yeah, it was like a retcon almost. Yeah, I mean, it was a retcon, yeah. but also wasn't a retcon. I think it was just kind of trying to get rid of the, I guess, the more question, yeah, questionable parts of the Inhuman background and that kind of thing. Um, they, they basically the, the the what I would call teenage Inhumans go for a bit of a jaunt across New York City. Um, you know, they meet up with like Spider Man and, and they kind of see him swinging around. Um, and basically, they there's this guy called the Unspoken King, and the reason why he's unspoken is because he was a bit of a cock, really. Um, so, I mean, the best thing about this was Puppy Lock, Lockjaw. Yes, <laughs> and uh, Little Crystal, because yeah. he's sassy. Oh. Yeah, that's true. And, um, and, I, and I want your hat. <laughs> and humans oh, love Oh, gosh, sweat. yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, so so basically, the, the reason why this was a retcon, retcon is um, because the slave engine was effectively kind of removed from Atala, I think much earlier than it was in kind of established continuity. Because um, basically it was, it was originally it was Black Bolt himself that got rid of it during his reign, I want to say. Um, and then the in this one, it's the unspoken king that uses it and then Black Bolt gets rid of it before he's ever actually king. So it's an interesting book. It's quite, it's, it's really nice. It's really, really, really pretty. It's Phil Noto, so of course yeah. it's really, really, really pretty. I Phil Noto is why I got into comics in the first place. It's all his fault. <laughs> so, yeah. I think I think Bendis was the reason I got into comics. No, Phil Noto, Phil Noto artwork. Because I was scrolling Tumblr one day and people were throwing pictures of the Black Widow comic up on the wall, and I was going like, "What is this beautiful book?" And yeah, here we are. <laughs> And there were backup lockjaw stories. Yes. Is this the one that had the the kitten verse? The kitten dimension. Yes. <laughs> Who doesn't want a dimension of kittens? I mean, even Wolverine cannot resist the <laughs> yeah. kitten dimension. Yeah. <laughs> it was oh, so God. cute! It was like the best. Ryan bit. North, though, come on! Of course, it's amazing. Yeah, because he, he had was lockjaw um... versus Thanos. And then didn't we revisit the kitten dimension later in a later series somewhere with, with Ms. Marvel? Yes. 
some in some Ms. Marvel, I think guest appearance. There were we had the kitten dimension. Uh, so they, they were so good, and Ryan North obviously oh, writing. Uh, he was writing Squirrel Girl at the time. I don't know if he still is writing Squirrel. Squirrel Girl's over now. Oh. Yeah. Ended on issue fifty. That's good. At least he got on issue fifty. That's where it's ending. Where he had apparently always planned it to end. So. Yeah, I mean, it's just a shame that other nice books didn't get an issue fifty. I know. So. <laughs> um, should we move on to Inhumans Prime? Let's move on to Inhumans Prime. Who wants to take it's this? Al one? Ewing. Shall I take it? Go take it. I'll take it. So Inhumans Prime was 2017. Again, does not feel like nearly three years ago, but it was. Uh, writer was Al Ewing. Pencils by Ryan Souk and Chris Allen. Uh, inkers Ryan Souk, Walden Wong, and Keith Champagne. It's a good name. Uh, colorist was Paul Mounts. Lettering was uh, Clayton Cowles, and cover was by John Boy Myers. I, I do think... enjoy the cover to this series. This issue was John Boy Myers on this series to begin with. Uh... He was supposed to be on Royals, and he right. did like one that issue, it, yeah. and yeah. then there were a couple, a couple of other pages. Films. Yeah, of course. Yeah. This was just a this was just a a primer, <laughs> right? Funnily yeah, and enough, then <laughs> he got the so then we had. Issue one drawn by John Boy and then like three other artists and then issue two was a different artist and then Javier Rodriguez drew the rest of the series. Yeah. But I mean but this, anyway. this one uh, this one was an all inhuman storyline. Um all the inhuman storylines converge in this one shot leading up to Royals, Secret Warriors, and the Eisner Award winning Black Bolt. Um the the Royal Family sends Karnak to bring in the Wayward Triton and Maximus, along with his conspirators Lineage and the Unspoken. Um a battle ensues and a new status quo is set for the royal family alike. So, yeah, Triton got, got off easy, didn't he? Yeah. Well, maybe. <laughs> Being sent to go live with Karnak, I'm not, I'm not sure how great that well, is. Isn't, it's better well, than space prison, I guess. Yeah. Um, the royal family has had enough of Maximus's nonsense and they put him on trial. Um, he had the Terrigen and wasted it. Uh, it was his Sauron moment. Um, I don't want to save my people. I want to make a giant robot. robot. <laughs> yeah, I wonder which Sauron we were going with them, and then and then the quote made sense. But... It'll be the pterodactyl Sauron. Yeah, not the uh, not the man with the giant eye on the top of a tower. Nope. <laughs> so, I'm currently reading Lord of the Rings. You might might be might be pleased to hear. I am pleased to hear that. Yeah, um, it's the first time I've ever read it. Pay attention, and you will see the plot for Black Bolt seated here. Um, not a lot of people picked up on that until Black Bolt started, and they were like, "Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah." It was, it was a really good book, actually. I mean, yeah, I remember they they did uh, like an X Men Prime to go along with it. I don't know why, because like they're they're not the same. <laughs> it really bugged me that they rebooted both with a Prime and stopped. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually think Javier Rodriguez was in on this too. I think he had a page drawn in here somewhere. Um. But yeah, um, I liked it. But Secret Warriors next? Secret Warriors is next. <laughs> I love this series. Okay, the writer is Matt Rosenberg, Ardius Javier Garon, Will Robson, Juan and Ramirez, and Ramon Box. Colorists Israel Silva and John Rauch. Lettering by Clayton Cowles and covers by Trad Moore and Javier Garon. I think this is one of the Trad few books Moore. where... Um, oh, Trad Moore, he did uh, Silver Surfer, didn't he? Yes, yeah. um, but this is one of the few series where Matt Rosenberg didn't have like a like some sort of like huge 
backlash against him during writing. <laughs> no, because it was fantastic. Yeah. How could you argue with this series? Yeah, I know. It's just everything that came after. I Matt forgot Rosenberg magic seems was to... in this. Yep. So yeah. uh, it's like it... basically his um his one of his favorite X Men characters. Yep. So in this series, uh, Ms. Marvel, Quake, Inferno, Moon Girl, and Magic are caught in the middle of a chess match between Karnak and Mister Sinister, and the future of Adelan hangs in the balance. Also, Karnak gets a job, <laughs> which was the best. Office Karnak is the best. <laughs> Just wreaking havoc in Enelux. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's the, it's the one issue where he's just like just wearing a towel or something, or just it's wearing a robe. In his oh office. god, it's like that is. Oh, I'm gonna say this a lot. All <laughs> oh, the this, windows are like, boarded up. Everything's covered in post-its. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know who decided to take the artist, like the art direction on this one, but it was amazing. Like, and it's funny because because in the Matt Rosenberg books. There's always like real subtle sort of like um, art. There's really nice, like really funny art in it. Um, yeah, like uh, I'm trying to think what else there was. I think it's in like Secret, Secret. I know it's in Punisher, where you have um, oh, what's his name? Guy with the purple towel over his head. Uh, Baron Zemo. Yeah, Zemo. Um, <laughs> you have him sat on a desk, and he just has like a um, like a, ca- a Captain America Hydra figure on his desk <laughs> and it's just it's just the funniest stuff and i'm pretty sure that it's all matt, matt rosenberg's influence but it's just like there's some really subtle stuff that is so oh, oh it's wacky it's fun, interspersed with rather shocking violence because moon girl's in this and um yeah she's she's just a kid she shouldn't yeah. be involved at all <laughs> but moon girl and karnak together it, it, they are the best team up i oh. How I am them. is, or is it? How I am is, is uh, uh, inconsequential. Inconsequential. That's it. So yeah. you know, Moon Girl is kind of known for being rude, right? <laughs> and her teaching Karnak manners. Yeah, I mean that's, that's a precious. Um, um, the, and then the, at the, the end, she like tricks like everyone saying it's her birthday, but it's really not her birthday. So she learned so, something from him, <laughs> manipulating all her team members into bringing her cake. Yeah. So the there was a romance between Quake and Inferno, which uh, Ms. Marvel did not like. No. So I mean that was that was fair enough, I suppose. Um, I uh, the not another effing X Men. It should be the title of an X Men series. So many X Men cameos, which were fun. Dark Beast. Oh yes. Yeah. He's always um, fun. I really actually do like Mister Sinister and Karnak facing off because I think that's a fun match. Yeah, I think Mr. Sinister, like, probably more from, re- I guess, from this book onwards, has kind of become, like, he's sort of one of my favorite villains, because whenever he turns up, it's just like, yeah, it was fun. That was good fun. He, he is so much fun. He's so campy. Yeah. I feel like we need it's... to have a Mr. Sinister and Maximus face-off. I don't know. I think I think Karnak and Mr. Sinister is much better. I think I think Mr. Sinister, like, like they just, yeah. No okay. <laughs> and the Sinister being so dapper. Yes, yeah. And the little scruffy hobo. <laughs> yeah. And they're just perfect. And you just, the, the one scene where he's standing there with Sinister in the middle of this giant battle, just, you, know, you really just underestimate how much people dislike you. Yeah. How many issues were this? Because this was a Secret Empire tie-in, wasn't it? It was six. I thought it was No, 12. 12, because it's yeah, two it's great six. paperbacks. Yeah. We got good 12 issues out of it. It was fun. 
I think Matt Rosenberg had a fun time with it, too. Quake is one of his favorites as well. Yeah. And we introduce a member of the royal family that we've never seen before, Little Lear, who is just a tiny little version of his father. Yeah. Obviously looks like mom, but acts like dad. Yeah. The the fact that Karnak had sex at all. Well, I mean, I mean, he might not have. How? Who knows? Yeah. Nobody was giving any information about this. Yeah. Yeah. That's a fun. It was such a fun book. It was like everyone was just like, "What?" Yeah, and it just like, and also (laughs) especially when, yes, yes, whenever Devil Dinosaur turned up, it was always like, "What?" So, and and how they manage having a dinosaur around. Yeah. Yeah. Feeling a horse trailer to carry him in, like, like just kind of squish him into it. <laughs> so, when it's a Javier Garon issue, you have to just stare at every panel because there's something going on in the background. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And that's, that's the thing. And I think, I think Matt Rosenberg does have a little bit to do with those art panels because in all of his books, there's always something really subtle and it's great. I just love it. No, so good. Secret Warriors is a favorite. Everyone read it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my next Royals is favorite. Next. Oh, I love Royals. Yeah. Who wants, Who wants to, take to take this, this one? one? I'll take it. Okay. Um, because it's got one of my favorite artists on it. So, uh, Royals was 2017, um, and it was writer was Al Ewing, so you know you're in for a good time and some continuity love. Um, Artists, uh, so many artists, uh, John Boy Myers, uh, Tony Silas, Will Robson, Kevin Labranda, and Javier Rodriguez, inkers, uh, Kevin Labranda and Alvaro Lopez, um, artist Ryan Kinnaird, Jim Charlampidus, Jose Villabrubia, and Jordi Belair, um, and lettering is Clayton Cowles. I think we got the Javier Garone, Jordi Belair, one, two, team up punch. Um, after issue two. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, it was uh, John Boy Myers was on it at the start. And, um, he's, he's a, he's an interesting artist, but then I think Tony Silas filled in because yeah. he is also Tony Silas. What did he do? Did he do a couple of issues of mosaic? I think he, I think did. he did. Yeah. I think he did too. And they, they kind of have similar styles and I think, yeah, you kind and, of then, quite well. and and John Boy Myers did do all the character designs for Royals because they yeah, all yeah, got yeah. new outfits. Yes. Yeah. And um, then Kevin LeBrandon and Will Robinson, then Javier Rodriguez took over the rest of the series at issue. I don't remember. Um, yeah. Yeah. Will Robinson was just the flashbacks. Yeah, that's right. Um, Javier Rodriguez is brilliant, and his progenitor designs oh my god anyway synopsis um with the inhumans future in jeopardy due to the loss of terrigen the royals head to the stars with marvel boy to seek out a solution um we have new cosmic beings the progenitors who created kree yep yep and they're very cool looking they are really cool looking like yeah if you want someone to create really weird cosmic shit or monsters javier rodriguez is Rodriguez is your guy. It just every book he's on is beautiful. I love him. And they did um, get to show up in History of the Marvel Universe. They did, which is awesome. Um, uh, this introduces uh, the Permagen, which is Terrigen in its purest form. Um, this is interesting because um, and humans are apparently part magic. Um, Terrigen has a mind of its own, and it's a petty jerk. Um, this 
is interesting because as far as we know, there really are no magic users among the Inhumans. So I think that's something that someone needs to pick up and explore more of one day. Yes, and in, in this series, Medusa was sick because the Terrigen in her system was actually rebelling against her because of her destroying the cloud. It was mad yeah. at her. It was yeah. mad, so it was going to kill her. Which is weird. But I thought in, interesting take on Maximus's powers. Um, you know, not being mad because of rain damage, but being mad because Backbot unlocked um, the fact that he could experience all of time simultaneously, and that he was like a future space wizard. Oh yeah, and we see Flint. Flint has some really crazy, awesome powers too here. Yeah, comes like was... a little bit tragic, entirely made of like a crystal around a skeleton. Yeah, yeah. it was really cool looking. Medusa um... Gorgon, yuck! <laughs> Sorry, I didn't like it. Yeah, There's no I way think, that could ever become awkward in the future. I think mm, yeah. I think one of the points that we've got on our notes is the fact that it suffered from inconsistent art. I think that's probably what turned me off, if anything, to this series. Because um, I'm pretty sure this was one of the, the, you know, the ones I least liked about all the Yeah, things. because it was, you're right, because there was a different artist on the flash forward parts, and then Javier Rodriguez did the other parts. But I loved it all. I loved it all. Because I really thought. Um, I liked how Al Ewing used Crystal here because um, they did encounter uh, Ronan the Accuser at one point, and he um, totally touched on that whole relationship. Um, and I really liked uh, that he remembered that Crystal can is a lot more powerful than people give her credit because she can tell um, if air is breathable on a planet. And I think she, I'm pretty sure she kept uh, air locked in that ship when it was being destroyed cool. so that they didn't die. Yes. So, yeah. I liked how I used Crystal. I, I like series. I like the flashbacks to their horrible, horrible parents. Yes, they suck, and I want a series about them. <laughs> they're they're just so enthusiastically horrible. You can bear remaining on their own children. <laughs> when they yeah they uh they, um oh who's the mom? I can't remember. Oh yeah, I can't remember. Starts either. with an R. Yeah. Rendak is... No. No. That's First King. Right. Duh. I can't remember. But when, you know, Black Bolt's mom's like, yeah, you know, Azra thinks we shouldn't experiment on our kids. And he's like, well, whose kids should we experiment on? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So fucked up. Oh, my God. You're so rotten. I loved the series. I loved Royals. It's one of my favorites. Um... So, yeah. I, I think the next one is probably the biggest and best in human. I think title. it floored everyone. I don't think anyone yeah. was expecting it to be as good as it was. Um, because I don't think this was Saladin Ahmed's first series, wasn't it? With Marvel, first anything with Marvel. I think yes. so. Yeah, because we were we were quite sort of we were wondering about it. We were suggesting go and read um, uh, the, the Crescent Moon book. Yes, I can't remember what the full title of that book Rona, is. Throne of the Crescent Moon. That's it. Yeah, and and we were kind of suggesting going to see that. And, but anyway, do you? We, he had we some short story one? books before this too. This was his first comic. Yeah. Do you want to take this one, uh, Lynn? Sure. All right. Black Bolt, 2017. Writer Saladin Ahmed. Artist Christian Ward. Mm. Fraser Eisner Irving. Eisner Award winning. <laughs> Fraser Irving and Stephanie Hans. With lettering by Clayton Cowles. I forgot we had Stephanie Hans on this series. Oh. Anyway, yes. she's one of my favorites. I have a commission by her. She's great. 
Betrayed by his brother, Black Bolt wakes up in an inhuman prison in deep space. With no way to contact the outside world and tortured by the mysterious jailer, Black Bolt must lead the prisoners to freedom. But what will be waiting for him if he gets back home? This is now available in a glorious oversized hardcover. I need it. I haven't gotten it yet. It's I'm so pretty. Myself. So, so all I'm going to say is that I had bought um, Odyssey uh, by Matt Fraction and uh, Christian Ward. Um, also beautiful. Yeah, and, it, and that is a beautiful book. And I started reading that, and I was like, I was so excited for this for this book. Um, and Christian Ward has has become you know a friend of the show. We had him on the show. He was such a nice guy. Uh, the art is phenomenal. He's one of those artists where like I really appreciate because he, he he's still learning and you can tell that he's still learning and he's still getting well, I think better that's and better. Any artist really. Absolutely, but I think with him, he he's he's done so much in the time that I've read uh, his work or, or looked at his work. You know, probably more so than anybody else I've I've kind of taken any notice of. Um, Each series is at... more beautiful than the next. Yeah, exactly. yeah. You, you, well, you what's look the one at... he's he's doing one with? Um... G. Willow Wilson, Invisible Kingdom. Kingdom. Yeah, that, that's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the thing. I'm looking at that, and then I'm looking at it compared to Black Bolt, and you can see that he's improved. And you can see that he's got better. He's just, oh, you know, he's he's Black he Bolt. should be an inspiration to many people. Which, <laughs> if you you look at Black Bolt, there's you look at you think there's no way he could get any better. Yeah, exactly. Right? And here's the thing too, like I, this book, I think surprised everyone. So everyone was like, "Who's this guy writing this book?" Um, Christian Ward, everyone was more familiar with, and they're like, okay, so they got a good. And it, it was just, I think it blew everyone away. No one was expecting it, and to, for it to win, for it to be your first series and to win an Eisner, hell yes, good job. And and and, and yeah, Saladin Ahmed, he went from strength to strength. He wrote this, he wrote the Quicksilver book, he wrote Miles Morales, he's writing Miss Marvel. Yeah, it is um, Abbott series. Yeah, Abbott, which was was kind of like a detective sort of horror book, which was incredible. <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's working on TV now, I think, and it's kind of like you know he's he's really propelled himself. Yeah, I'm um, very happy for him. Yeah. And um, he's he's going to be teaming up in in Miles Morales. He's uh, they're bringing Carmen Carnero on board. So get ready, guys, because if you haven't been reading Captain Marvel, you're about to be blown away. It's going to be amazing too. I, I, I haven't read either. So. Her artwork is amazing. So yeah, I'm just so happy that this book was as, as, as successful as it was. Uh, Crusher Creel was the best bit. I said, he made us love Crusher Creel. Yeah, yeah, and Titania. Uh, I loved her too. Yeah, it was it was a very feelingful book. Mm-hmm. And it introduced Blinky and Rava. They're so cute. I and, love uh, I love Rava the space pirate. Yes. I really I really liked Black she comes Bolt. Back. I really liked Uhura and Black Bolt. Yes. Yeah. Um, the Indians mean... are bad parents, guys. I'm not gonna oh, deny always, it. Always. What is it with them and just handing their children over to supervillains? <laughs> well Crystal didn't do that at least. Crystal I mean. didn't do it. Crystal hasn't done it. Black Bolt and Karnak both have. Yeah. No, Crystal's just been handed over to Captain Britain. Yeah, but the greatest of the captains, the same. Maybe that's overly patriotic. I don't know, but this series was beautiful from start to finish, and I can't say enough about it. And I'm so happy that both Christian Ward and Saladin Ahmed have had such success since then, so because they deserve it. Yeah, they absolutely do. Um, and also, Christian Ward was selling a uh, 
uh, a watercolor of um, Life Giver Galactus a couple of days ago, and I was like, I was so tempted. <laughs> but he was selling it for three hundred and fifty quid, and I just spent three hundred pounds on getting my dollars for the US. Yeah. So. But um, also the relationship between Black Bolt and Lockjaw in this series, because Lockjaw saves them all. He does. He's the best He's a boy. Good boy. Yeah. All right, moving right along. In humans, judgment day. Dun, dun, dun. Um, yeah, so that was, that was 2018. Um, we're getting much closer to now, which is good. Uh, so, right, written by Al Ewing, artist was Mike Del Mundo uh, and Kevin Lebranda. Inca was Mark Deering. Colors were uh, Jose Villarubia. Don't know if I'm butchering that. Uh, the Royals and Black Bolt converge as the Inhumans return home with their stolen uh, primogen and uh, the, with the pro- progenitors in pursuit. Um, amazing art by Mike Del Mundo. You can't um, love him, not love him if you. Well, I'm I sorry. Love him. <laughs> I I I don't. I do you not read I'm Weird not... World? No, it's beautiful. No. I love his I... artwork. It's so pretty. Yeah. I'm not a fan of his, but I mean, I can understand Sorry for you, Adam. Be, but I'm just not. not. I don't think Adam has taste in art sometimes. <laughs> I'm kidding. I, yeah. <laughs> I'm the, kidding. The only Adam. bit of art I own is by Christian. Well, we all agree that Christian Ward is brilliant. So yeah, exactly. I forgive you, Adam, for not liking Mike Del Mundo. If, if that's a uh, piece I'm, of I'm, art to own, do you have a good one? If, yeah. if, uh, if, if Mike Del Mundo does end up listening to this episode, I do apologize. I understand exactly why people like your art, but it's just not my taste. It's okay. Everyone's different. It's all right. Um, uh, interesting take on readers near omnipotent powers. I forgot reader was in this. He is yeah. at the end. It's um, you know he can cause whatever he reads to happen. Right. So if you make up a word that means something completely crazy, if he reads that word, it. that as long as you made the definition of that word, yeah, it works. There was flu. Yeah, it was flu. Oh, that was it. Yeah, flu. Yeah. Do you, know, do you know what this this book should have been and would have been a great bookend? So all of the Inhuman stuff from twenty. It it would have. But it wasn't. <laughs> it was not. Unfortunately, it, it 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 was not. And this is what and this is what I don't understand either. But we'll talk about that later because it annoys me that I would have been happy if it ended here. I would have. I would too. And I, I think it. I think it should have done. Um, I mean, not 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 counting for the lockjaw by Daniel Kibblesmith, which we'll talk about in a second. But it just. It really should have been. It should have been that the the, the Inhumans have gone and got their primogen. They've got the means to create new Inhumans, and you know they're in a right. good position now. And it should be let them go off into obscurity, back to where they've been for the past. Right. Reset them. You know. Sort of. Yeah. Eff- effectively, do do a you know do a soft reset on them. Um, because they're in the a royal good position. family. Because yeah. right. Anyway, yeah. I yeah. Agree. So, so let's just talk about Lockjaw. Lockjaw <laughs> makes me happy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and and should I take this one as well? Sure. I, um, okay. Whoever wants it. I'd, yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. So Lockjaw was written by Daniel Kibblesmith, who is one of the nicest people yes. in the world, regardless of you know. Uh, yeah, artist is Carl Spia, uh, Inco is Roberto Poggi. Uh, colorist is Chris O'Halloran and a lettering by Clayton Cowles. Um, <laughs> and it's all about Lockjaw's, uh, little mates being in trouble. And there's only one hero who can help him. Um, D-Man. <laughs> and, oh, this was, this was my first exposure to D-Man and he is, he is probably like one of the most relatable people 
on the planet. On the yeah, in in the Marvel universe because he's he's you know he's suffering from you know quite a, a bad depression and that kind of stuff. And then Lockjaw comes along and does what all dogs do and just cheers you up. Right. And uh, yeah, it was it was Lockjaw is the best boy in the Marvel universe. And um, it was funny and had a lot of heart. Um, we had an appearance of Spider Ham, which was. Yep. Wonderful, um, and the sibling in that universe who was wound up being a scientist. <laughs> yes, yeah. Doc Jaw. She was Doc Jaw. Yes, yeah. Doc Jaw. <laughs> and oh, I hope she's in the Spider Ham series. She needs oh, to be in that. Which oh. the Spider Ham series is wonderful, by the way, and features an appearance, multiple appearances by Black Colt. <laughs> and um, there's also the sibling that. Um, is the dog of an old lady? Oh, he's oh, so yeah. cute! And he's just uh, what, celebrating his thirtieth birthday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has birthday cake and a little birthday hat, doesn't he? Yeah. Yes. Um, but With I mean, the beast, so... the beast, <laughs> the beast. So, so all, all I will say about this series, and it is is kind of a, a, I don't want it to be a downer, but around this time was when I was like, basically, uh, I ended up losing my my previous dog. And this series helped a lot, Aww. if that makes sense. Aww. And it was yeah. kind of like it's one of those it was one of those really silly things, but not silly at all. I'm not silly at all. Uh, that's kind of why this has kind of got a real, real nice, nice spot in my in my heart. It, it was it was just a nice. How can you not love Lockjaw anyway? Well, yeah, exactly. Um, so. but Lockjaw succeeds in saving his uh, littermates from the evil human scientists, and I and um, and there was. Yeah, there are some dark parts to it, but there is, yeah, especially the the hamsters that come down from space and and try and take people. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> hamster balls too, like hamster balls. Yeah, they were in flying hamster balls. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was it was a, one of the it was probably one of my favorite books of 2018. Yeah, um, and uh, Kazar shows up. Yeah, and attempts at gardening. But uh, and, and now we're on to. Probably the, the even bigger downer of 2018. Yeah. <laughs> Build us up, Adam, and then bring us back down again. All right. I, 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 Here, let me do it. I'll do it. Okay. Okay. All right. Off. Death of the Inhumans, 2018. Writer Donnie Cates, artist Ariel Olivetti, colorist Jordi Belair, and lettering by Clayton Cowles. It was beautiful. I yes. can't say it. It was. It was a very pretty book, yeah. Oh. A rogue faction of Kree, intent on ret- returning the Kree Empire to its former glory, harvesting humans throughout the galaxy be made into fodder for their new weapon, the Vox. So I'm going to say this, and I'm going to go um, on record. Somebody was saying, um, asking Donnie Cates to write a, another team book, and he was oh, like, yeah. You know, and he said this, he goes, I think I did a very good job on the last two team books I did, which means Death of the Inhumans and Guardians of the Galaxy. And someone else was, I was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Well, <laughs> at, least you, and, at least you could admit it, Donnie. Right. Well, other people are like, I love Death of the Inhumans, but you know who those people are that loved it. So now, um, actually, they're not. That's the one thing I saw that none of the X fans enjoyed it. Yeah. Really? I was going to say, I saw yeah. that some of them did. Well, they, I, I don't know. I, I the think one, the ones I saw were like you know no not like this. I was gonna say the people I spoke to who were Inhumans fans actually quite liked it, and I'm kind I, of like I I I, I, was, I, I, 
I, I don't think any of us did. That's the thing I, I distinctly remember because I mean, because Doc was still on the podcast at that point. Um, I like Vox as a villain. I think he's a compelling villain, and he's showing up now in Captain Marvel. But uh, it's, yeah, I don't what know. I didn't like because I mean it ended on a hopeful note, I guess, but it was so out of continuity. Yeah, yeah. It was just like it could have happened like the, at any point in in right. the Inhuman story right. because. Gorgon's back. How? Well, that I don't know if if Donnie read because uh, Gorgon it, it had like been able to Royals. walk at the end of Royals, but yeah, I don't know nothing about the primogen. Right, Gorgon's back with no explanation because that that would have been incredibly awkward. Now that Black Bolt and Medusa are back together, it it almost seems like like he read or watched the Inhumans TV show just as much as he read any previous stuff. Right, and because I the also, fact that Atalan was on the moon and that kind of thing. Well, it was New York. Well, no, it was Artalan. Well, no, yeah, that but... was that that carried over, but but it feels to me like he got another assignment and went, okay, I need to wrap this one up, and he just cut it short. Yeah, I, I feel I like think... it's been another six or seven issues easily, and it might have been better. He he was doing, I believe, he was doing Cosmic Ghost Rider at the time. Yeah, um, which is a much better, much more superior book. By any any point, you know, any standard. Um, yeah, I think I think we when we discussed it on the podcast, it was just a classic case of putting the toys back on the shelf. Um, now, now they're back to where they were before, mm-hmm. an extremely small group of endangered species. Right. Yeah. And, a, who, who survived? Yeah. Black Bolt, surprisingly. Um, Medusa, Medusa, Crystal, Karnak, Gorgon, Triton right. was killed off unceremoniously twice. Yeah. <laughs> Which, um, Frank McGree, we have Reader, Iso, Moon Girl, Kid Kaiju, Miss Mo- Marvel, and hopefully Swain and Panacea. They weren't on any of the lists, and we never saw them in the background. So they could have been in New Edelan. Right. Yeah. So if you were in New Edelan, you were safe. And I think Grid is still around, actually. I think we still have Grid. I don't... Do we know? I know Nausea's gone, and that pisses me off because I liked her. I know. She was... She was- she needed more. She was an interesting character. I loved how um, she was written in All New Inhumans, and I'm very she, sad. Was she, she introduced l- in All New Inhumans, or she introduced in Inhuman? She, her, Flint, and Grid. No, her. yeah, her, Flint, and, yeah, Grid, I think, and um, Inferno were all in. Inhuman. Inhuman, and then yeah. All New Inhuman introduces Panacea, Swain, and Hub. Maybe Grid, maybe Grid... Is introduced there. I don't know. I can't remember, but yeah, I mean this this was just a huge disappointment. I mean, Donny Cates is still up there as one of my favorite. He's writers. a great. I mean, he's a great writer, but he he relies and and I think um I think Lynn will probably realize where I got this from, but he relies an awful lot on shock value, um, and I think it. I mean, Lynn basically pointed that out to me, yeah. um, and uh, it's kind of it's kind of taken that edge off a little bit because he does do it an awful lot of the time. Um, I mean, Thor issue one is actually another good example of yeah. using a lot of shock value just to just to kind of get the get the hits in. Um, you but know, again, what... there's like I think his Silver Surfer Black wasn't like that. No, but I, I, but yeah. most of the time, yeah. And it's, it's 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 a shame because I mean, his Cosmic Ghost Rider is one of my absolute favorite stories. I I love that book. Um, but more because it's kind of an out of continuity kind of thing. So he had sort of look basically three, three, uh, three reign on it. 
I kind of have a feeling that, that Death of the Inhumans just had a lot of editorial mumbo-jumbo oversight, all that sort of thing. on Right, and New Arctillion is... Um... That that carried over from Royals because that was in Royals, wasn't it? It was, yeah, because uh, because Royals was kind of like the Royals split off from New Atalan, didn't they? And they left, mm-hmm. um, they left ISO in charge, right? Yes. So, so um, it's still around as of Captain Marvel number fourteen, but yeah. So I think this this almost brings us up to sort of this now. last year now. Um, yep. I think we've got the the Marvel Rising one shots or the series of one shots that weren't as you know one one shots. Um, <laughs> um, oh, there were some one shots, and then there was the series that came right after it. Yeah, well, right. the, there was uh, yeah because he had the the Omega Squirrel Girl, Miss Marvel, Miss Marvel Squirrel Girl, and Omega. That was um, a little hard to follow, yeah. but I still loved it. Yeah, I mean, but it, it would have just made sense to have Marvel Rising issues one to four, and then the next series comes out as volume two or whatever, but. Right. I don't know. But either way, should I, do you want to take this one or should I? I'll take it. Okay. Um. So the Marvel Rising one-shots, um, Omega, Squirrel Girl, slash Miss Marvel, um, and then we had an Alpha, Squirrel Girl, slash uh, Miss Marvel, and then Omega. Um, well, you, writers... you, had, you had another one in there as well. You had the Miss Marvel, Squirrel Girl. Right. It's just, yeah. Foot-flops. <laughs> exactly. Right, yeah. So, like, the Squirrel Girl, Miss Marvel, was Ryan North from Miss Squirrel Girl's point of view. And then Miss Marvel, Squirrel Girl, was Willow Wilson from Kamala's point of view. Anyway, uh, writers were Devin Grayson, G. Willow Wilson, and Ryan North. Um, artist is uh, Jorge Dorate, Ramon Box, Irene Strachalski, and Rob... DeSalvo. Uh, colorist was Rochelle Rosenberg and lettering was Clayton Cowles, which um, this was uh, a fun series. It was kid-oriented, um, say starring Miss Marvel, Quake, Inferno, America Chavez, and Squirrel Girl. Um, it was basically a comic book tie-in to the cartoon series. Um, that is actually a lot of fun. I've seen a couple episodes at Comic-Con. Um, it's fun, guys. And then it introduces a new inhuman character named Ember. So Devin Grayson is an absolute joy to talk to. Yes, she is. She was on the show. um, And just a whole lot of fun. Um, And I really liked Ember. Uh, I think we could all relate to Ember. Her power is that she can basically uh, control video games, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I thought this one was quite an interesting interesting kind of... You know when the Marvel Universe in comic books changes to the the Marvel comic books? Well, the Marvel like TV universe, um, because I think uh, Inferno kind of got aged down a little bit, and he also mm. there's no mention of of their the relationship with Quake. I don't think. There, you're right. And and yeah, so I, it was much more kid friendly. Yeah, in the second series, I think it's hinted. At. Oh, okay, okay, that's fair enough. But uh, yeah, it's it really good. I really enjoyed that one. Um, I think it was probably the the the, the fun that we needed after Death of the Inhumans. Yes, and uh, it was a joy to read. Um, all three people make a great team. Um, I love the gamer references that were in here because um, Devin Grayson was clearly having a lot of fun writing about WoW, yeah. and so was uh, G. Willow Wilson, because that's basically where they were stuck in, and it was amazing, and I got every single reference, and it was the best. Yep. Um, yeah, so if you're a gamer and you like comic books, read this one, because you yeah. will love it. Um, but, and but also think... the friendship between Kamala and Squirrel Girl is great. Yeah, yeah, that's yes. really good. 
But I think the next the next series, the Marvel Rising series, dives straight into that. I think. Yep. Um, um, go ahead, or do you want me to take it again? Uh, yeah, I'll do it. So uh, the writer was Nyla Magruder, artist was Roberto de Salva, uh, Salvo, and Jorge Duarte. Uh, colorist was Rachel uh, Rachel Rosenberg. Letterer was Clayton Cowles. Cover was Audrey Mock. I loved her covers, by the way. Um, and then it's just it's it basically continuing adventures of the secret warriors. Um, so this was what a five issue issue series. Yes. Um, I think it was the first series we reviewed with Lynn on the podcast, which is really yes. good. Yes. Yay! Welcome, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, had Morgan Le Fay as, as the villain. Um, uh, kind of had a rare appearance of New Atalan, which somehow survived definitely. Thank God. Talk about that. Um, and we saw Iso. Iso showed up in this in the series for a little bit. Yeah, yep. yeah. It was, it was. This was really good. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the concept. I think uh, the, the the idea behind it, the kind of the, the 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 way the message was portrayed, was really nice. I really enjoyed that. I, I thought this was this was another book that was really really good, and I hope they get another another series out of it. Yeah, I hope so too. I know we we have another Marvel Rising cartoon out there um, that we got to watch. Yeah. At uh, NYCC 2019, that was a lot of fun. So I'm hoping that um, we get more Marvel Rising comics out of it too, um, because at least they seem to be focusing on Inhumans still there. So, um, and also it's just um, the team has expanded in the series. So you have your core of Miss um, Marvel and America Chavez and Inferno, um, but they've also brought in Spider Gwen and um, somebody else since then, um, all in one universe. So it's pretty good. Yeah, uh, I, I recommend picking this one up. It's it's again, it's one of those books where it's like meant to be an all ages book, I think. But yeah, pick it up, have a read. It's good, good fun, feel good, great art. Read it. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I think the next one um, penultimate book is Marvel yeah. Team Up. Um, do you want to take this all one? Right. Sure. Okay, Marvel Team Up 2019. The writers are Eve L. Ewing and Clint McElroy. Artists are Joey Vasquez and Ig Guara. Uh, colors, Felipe Sobrero. Lettering by VCs, Clayton Cowles. This is a short series. It's a brief reboot of the Marvel Team-Up series, this time with Ms. Marvel teaming up with other characters from the Marvel Universe. In the older Marvel Team-Up series, it was usually Spider-Man or The Thing, who was the constant throughout. It started out strong with a Ms. Marvel Spider-Man team-up, written by Evel Yu. <laughs> so great. Yeah. And it was a nice passing of the baton from Peter to Kamala in this Freaky Friday Ewing. kind of story. Read everything she writes. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, the uh, Freaky Friday story was hysterical. Yeah. Where yeah. Peter discovers the joys of lip flavor lip gloss and gets menstrual cramps. Ah, uh, Peter. <laughs> So I, I I feel like <laughs> he's just so chill about it too because he's he's used to this by now. He's like, oh, well, this is my life. I swap. All right, here we go. <laughs> um, sadly, what could have been an amazing team up between Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel um was a huge, huge disappointment. I yeah. wish Eve had stayed on to write that because it would have been great. But See, the thing is, I'm pretty sure I read another book by Clint McElroy not long after that, and actually it was pretty good. Um, I just don't... I feel like Carol can be a hard character for people to write. Um, but, 
I don't, it I, wasn't just I, Carol though. It was it was the whole no, thing was and just the coloring was so bad. I'm sorry. Yeah, the coloring was bloody awful. <laughs> that was it was one of the worst things about it. I think yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, the coloring in the first arc was great, but in the second, I just mm. yeah. I mean, I wasn't allowed to to mention it too much in the no in the episode, no. but it's, other than just say it still like stands. It. it still stands. You just don't like it. Um. But yeah, yeah, it's a shame because I would have liked to have seen more with this series with Kamala interacting with characters she hasn't interacted with before. Right. I would love a Kamala babysitting spider baby. Just saying. Or a tiger's kid. Oh, my God. Yeah. Both. That would be funny as hell. Or, you know, maybe um, Kamala and Silk. They'd be playing video games the whole time. Or Kamala and Moon Girl, which we haven't seen really too much of outside of Secret Warriors. Or, I don't know, Kamala and Riri. Have we seen that yet? I'd, a little, maybe, but not much. Not much. I'd like to see, like, um, Kamala and, like, just somebody totally alien to, yeah. you know, to her little circle, I think. Wicked. You know, yeah. like, um, a- Moon Knight. Uh, yeah, Moon Knight or something. <laughs> Yeah, I want to see her working now, or put her with Angela. I'll put her with like, um, like Iron Fist or someone like that. Just someone totally, just out of, yes. out of her. Oh, Iron Fist would be a fun one. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, yeah, Iron I think Fist Iron Fist would be a real fun one. Marvel Team yeah. Up was just a, a a story of two halves, really. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think we said we we said it's a very recent kind of book, so feel free to go back to like episode fifty something, um, to have a look at that. But it, yeah. First three issues, great. Last three issues, not great. No. So. My cat agrees with you. But um, I think last, mm. but definitely not least. Probably one of the best. Yeah, is uh, Magnificent Miss Marvel, which was released last year by Saladin Ahmed. So good. Yes. And it's still going. And it's still going. Yeah, it is still yeah. going. It's the last holdout of Inhuman book, so please read it. It's excellent. Um. Passing the torch, uh, G. Willow Wilson passing the torch to Saladin Ahmed was awesome. And uh, he's been so good to Kamala. So, yeah. anyway, I, I, go ahead. Okay, I, yeah, I'll take this one then. So, um, so writer is, as, as I said, eyes uh, are winning Saladin. Uh, artist is Minky Young. Inca, Juan Blasco. Colorist, Ian Herring. Veteran is Joe Caramagna. And graphic designer is Carlos Lau. Um and it's just the continuing adventures of Miss Marvel. Um, um, also, the graphic designer credit seems to be a new thing, it, and I appreciate it. Yeah, it kind of it seemed to kind of start around the same time as House of X, Powers of X. War of the, oh, I was going to say War of the, War of the okay, Realms. that then, because uh, yeah, because War of the Realms. If you look at the Strike Force series there, um, I, and also the I, other ones, yeah, yeah, I haven't read Strike Force for the look. So. Yeah, so the graphic designers who do the logos. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So cool. Yeah, so so we were all incredibly happy that that Saladin Ahmed took over. Um, anyway, if anyone was going to take over from G. Willow Wilson, it was going to be Saladin Ahmed. It had to be because um, yeah, I think they've got a lot of crossover. They've got a lot of similar kind of writing styles. It's it's just really good. Yeah, like he totally picked up. It was like honestly, it was such a smooth transition. Like some writers, it's like really shocking. You, there's a big difference between when a writer takes over a series, but here it was like. It was it was so smooth. It was like okay, like you hardly even noticed. 
which was kind of awesome. Yeah, and then we've got um, the introduction of the Cree, uh, the Cree Storm Ranger suit. Oh, that's so cool. Which was kind of like, um, it's kind of interesting because you had a woman that looked almost identical to, to Kamala, Kamala. Um, in the original Cree ship and that kind of stuff. That was that was pretty cool. Um, um, we so get there will be developments there. Yeah, there will. And uh, we had uh, uh, Discord and whatever basic Becky's name again. I can't remember. Oh, damn it, Becky. Lockdown. <laughs> She's basic Becky to me. Sorry. That's fine. Uh, they have an appearance here, um, and they're full-on supervillain by this point, and that's pretty cool. And we review it weekly right here on this podcast. <laughs> Come back well, next week for... But close. Yeah, um, I, I mean, monthly, yeah, it is the only Inhuman book left. I think we are going to have to start sort of expanding our, our base a little bit more. Well, we already have. We already have. We've got Strike Force. And you guys have been talking about the X-Men. We we haven't spoken about the X-Men since October. That's sad. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we'll talk about how the X-Men have turned oh. into a, uh, a fascistic... Um, isolation. Well, they've turned into um, isolationist pod people who are obsessed with making more of their own. So, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, you know. Yeah. You know we like stories about that. Yeah. Right. But, um, uh, but going yeah. back to Miss Marvel... Um, Mr. Khan's inhuman DNA, so apparently we knew her mother had it, but now apparently her dad does too, and it has led to some tragedy in the current storyline. Guys, bring your tissues, because Solid in Ahmed likes to rip out your heart. So. He likes to, to like to rip out your heart, tear it into a hundred pieces, and then slowly put it back together. <laughs> I don't think he puts it back together. I just think he sits there and lets yeah, you he, weep. He does put it back together. He, he definitely did it <laughs> he in does. Black no, he, he does. He definitely did it in Quicksilver. Yeah. He's just, yeah. And and also, I mean, we, we always say it, but I like, always check out these guys' other other books. Um, kind of, Saladin Ahmed on Quicksilver was actually one of the surprise things to come out of No Surrender. Um, yeah, he actually made me like Quicksilver. Speedy? Yeah, Speedy, Speedy the Turtle, Turtle. Tortoise, whichever one it is. He's so cute. Yes. But uh, um, Another one to add for my pet Avengers that I, I want. <laughs> Turtle. But uh, yeah, I, I, that's turtle. That, that's pretty much it from the last decade. Would you believe? Wow. Yeah. So we've yeah, that's ten years of Inhumans pretty much in the last couple of episodes. So yeah. I, what do we have to look forward to? Well, starting this year, we have Marvel's X, so maybe we'll get a cameo of the Inhumans. It appears to be about the immediate aftermath of the contamination of Earth's atmosphere with Terrigen. And uh, I read the first issue. It was excellent. It had kind of a Cormac McCarthy's The Road feel oh, to it. Okay. <laughs> All right. So it's, it's an to... excellent book, but I'm not going to recommend that you read it because it is so, so depressing. That's good. I like depressing stuff. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, so I can... This is the most depressing okay. of all. I'm buying it. Insta yep. buy. Yeah, I got to buy that. Um, it, it It's just, I, I don't think I've ever read anything any fiction more depressing than The Road. I don't Good know. You've read Humans. An <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, Ewing, is, uh, Ewing is on Empire. Al Ewing is on Empire, rather. We should specify which Ewing. Yeah. Uh, not Eve Ewing. Uh, yeah, Al, 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 Al Ewing, Ewing is running the Empire event. Um, Eve no. Ewing is running... Um, Something. Is running uh, Outlawed. So Miss Marvel's a big part of Outlawed. So we've got Al Ewing running Empire, so maybe we'll he'll bring the Inhumans into that. And Eve Ewing 
has outlawed, which is basically um, if you're under a superhero under 21, you can't fight crime. Um, that is actually shaping up to be very interesting, so I'm excited for that. So both viewings are excellent writers. Read their stuff. And you know, honestly, it doesn't feel like a cosmic event without the Inhumans. It really doesn't. There's just something missing. Yeah. Great. So in Al Ewing, I really hope he like starts digging back into his royal stuff and bringing them back. Because here's the thing. They have been hinting at the Inhumans. I mean, Lockjaw's been in Guardians. And then Analux was just recently mentioned in Hawkeye. So I think something's coming. Well, I think the there's there's been a big hint at the uh, Kree's and the Kree and the Skulls the Scrolls again. Yes, uh, which that's is Empire. You know, which is obviously why Empire. And then that's the thing; it's kind of that's been hinted at in all these titles as well, going back to. But the Inhumans haven't had much of a lick in it. They haven't. Although, but, yeah, but at least once a month, Captain Marvel, there's a reference. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we, we... might have to ask that at the X Men panel. <laughs> I'll do it. I don't care. I'm asking Inhumans questions at the X-Men panel. I'll just slide down into my chair and just be like, I'm not with her. No, I'm joking. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we also got um introduction of uh, Miss Marvel's new friend, Amulet. He's friend-shaped. Yes. Uh, and he's shaped, he's <laughs> shaped like a friend. He's been, been getting a lot of attention <laughs> in the news. Um, it's it's really funny because, because Saladin Ahmed seems to get a lot of attention and for the wrong reasons. Like he was, he was on the UK national news after he pointed out that on the back of a cereal box, the janitor was a like a like a basically a, a, a brown, brown corn yeah, pop, a brown person, and it's just kind of like he made like international news with that. And, uh, oh, he won't. He It was weird. It was weird, absolutely, and I completely agree that the um, I can completely agree with what he was saying. It was just very odd that he got gained like international attention for pointing it out, and it's like, yeah, it, yeah. It's quite good, actually. <laughs> yeah. I just remember looking at BBC News at work, and I was just like t- telling my colleague, "I was like, hey, look at this," and he was like, "Oh yeah, what about it?" And I was like, "That's that's the writer of uh, of Miss Marvel at the moment." It's yeah, it was great. And you know, we've had him on the show. And that's kind of like, hey, yeah, he's he's such a nice guy. He really is. Yeah, yeah. But Amula Amula did mention a lot on in the Detroit news, on, yeah. in, like our newspapers and on TV, because he's going to be from Dearborn. Which is a suburb of Detroit. Put your hands up for Detroit. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> um, twenty twenty, we're getting Marvel voices. Uh, Mosaic and Moon Girl are getting in one shots. Um, Jeff Fawn is back. Yes. Who's writing the Moon Girl one shot? Do we know yet? I thought I'm, it was. I'm hoping it's Brandon Montclair. That was Brandon Montclair. I hope so. Good. I don't know. Hang on, let me look. I know someone not Robbie Thompson is writing Silk, which is why I was wondering. Let me see here. Let's Google it. I would think it would be Brandon Montclair. It would make sense. I'm glad it's Jeff Thorne writing um, Mosaic, though, because I love his Morris Sackett. Morris Sackett's such a jerk sometimes. It's great. Okay, Aletha Martinez will be doing the art for it. So, oh, good. So, uh, but who is writing it? So just just um, just a quick one back on Mosaic. Um, we were talking about his powers earlier. and uh, I say earlier. I think it was in the last episode. Um, if you can't tell, our recording schedule we've just recorded these back to back so <laughs> um, right so so we're talking about his powers but what i really liked about his powers i think jeff Vaughn uh suggested this on when he was on the podcast uh was basically like he goes through all these different people and he almost like gains something from them and right. i really like that because if you were to get like a hundred people who were ultimately really good people 
he would come out the better for it. But if he was to go through every single super villain on the planet, then he'd become a super villain. Yeah, and it's kind of like yeah. it's. I, I really like that, and I thought that that was because I think I kind of tried to tried to suggest that way back when he first kind of became a thing, and uh, yeah, it was nice to be proved right on that one. Yeah. Okay, now I do not know who is writing Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. They haven't specified. They give a long list of names, but they don't say who's working on what. So you hope, but Aletha Aletha E. Martinez is in the list of artists, so she must be on. Oh no, Natasha Bustos is in there too. Who knows? <laughs> who it's, knows? It, it's a it's a secret. Um, so twenty twenty one, which seems like an awfully far uh, far away at this point, uh, is when the Miss Marvel TV show comes onto Disney Plus. Which we apparently Kamala's been casted, but we don't know who it is. We we still haven't got Disney Plus in the UK yet. I'm sorry for you. No, that comes out. I think it's it's been moved back because it was like the 30th or 31st of March, but now it's been moved back to like the 22nd, 21st, something like that. So it's been moved. You gotta get it. Yeah, I mean, you have to watch the Mandalorian. I don't like Star Wars. Um, Sorry, you don't. You don't even have to. No, I know. Like I've, Star I've, Wars, I've so like that. the Mandalorian. Yeah, I've heard that. I've heard it's very good. Story, um, but. but anyway, the Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur cartoon channel on, or cartoon on the Disney Channel. That's which is interesting that it's a Disney Channel and not Disney Plus. But I'm not going to complain about it. Yeah, I think Disney Channel is more like because yeah. it appeals to bigger audience. Yeah, bigger... yeah, you don't have to pay to see. Yeah, you just have to pay for cable. Well, yeah, you start yeah. to pay for your TV. In, in in this country, you have to pay for a subscription service. So. Yeah, because what's weird about the UK TV uh, thing is you have to pay for a TV license and then you have to pay for your cable or satellite service, which is just what I bring up. Oh, interesting stupid. to know. But that's the reason why we have Doctor Who. So, I can... mm. interesting. <laughs> you sound very intrigued. I'm going to edit this whole bit out. To be fair, <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's pretty much it. I mean, we we've, we've been here for. Three hours, About four hours now. Four hours <laughs> to review all the Inhumans for the last decade. So, uh, yeah, and hopefully this next decade will be, be really good indeed. I'm looking forward to it. I am too, and I'm hoping that, you know, with all these Inhuman hints and comics that, you know, maybe we'll be getting more books sooner rather than later. Yep, I'm sure we will. I'm sure that yep. I'm sure that we will get other Inhuman books in the near future. All right. Well, until next time, we'll be back with our regular episode um, of reviewing comics. Yeah, and uh, we will catch you later. Until next time. Bye. Bye.